0: I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world, and we have to prepare our our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast.
1: Hi, Tim here. I'm chatting with Simon Travers uh, from the Surpass team at BTR, and we're talking today about formative and continuous summative assessment. Simon, just give us a bit of an introduction as to who you are and what you do at BTR.
0: Thank you, Tim. So I'm Simon Trevers. I'm Chief Strategy Officer for BTL Surpass. Uh, I work with our development teams and the directors at BTL to determine what we need to be doing with product and our services going forwards. And I work closely with customers across the education and assessment industry, looking at their needs both now and in the future
1: perfect and you're going to be talking at an event um a Westminster education forum event talking mainly about english schools and assessment but yeah i think this topic really you know it is pertinent to every every country and uh, you know all the all the action that we've seen really uh, recently but you're talking about the role of formative and continuous summative assessment in the general qualifications so that's kind of schools based examinations um what, just tell us uh, uh, kind of briefly what your plan to kind of talk about as part of that uh, session
0: well i think one of the key challenges is having the right tools available to aid assessment and even in normal times that can be a challenge in terms of what are the needs of the students what are the needs of the particular qualifications that are being assessed what are the skills that you're looking to assess for the students that the students themselves have of course and so in a world where Everything in assessment and education has changed in the last year because of the challenges of pupils not being able to get into school or frequently not being able to get into school. What does that mean to assessment? What kinds of assessments are actually being delivered? So those end of year Terminal type summative assessments that are traditionally used to determine GCSE or A-level grades or Scottish national, Scottish higher type grades, those kind of things, they're just not happening at the moment in the way that they would traditionally happen, because the delivery mechanisms simply don't exist to be able to cope with students, not in a classroom or in a school type environment for those invigilated types of assessments. So. When you start to look at summative assessment and then the role of formative assessment against summative assessment so formative assessment being about how do you determine how the student is doing through their course and how do you help them to learn almost what they need to learn and for them to be able to understand where their weaknesses are where their strengths are through formative assessment which could be delivering question types that enable feedback to the learner for example so that when the learner's completed an assessment or completed a section in assessment then the learner can potentially gain feedback about how they're doing as they're going through that so they can then use that guidance to help steer them where they need to learn next.
1: So it's a a fascinating journey isn't it it's a really important Um, kind of route that people take and how do you think you know kind of COVID has changed what impact has COVID had on general qualifications? You know,
0: I think it's safe to say that COVID's had a huge impact on general qualifications so as we've seen through the uh, news stories and the headlines over the last year or so um, government in England and Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland changing the way in which assessments are delivered and cancelling assessments so having to use Um, formulas to determine the way in which uh, grades are applied to candidates for example and then having the challenge of how do you know that the candidate has been given the right grade and what data are you using to deliver that grade for example so that's put enormous pressure on the whole teaching system and pressure on the candidates themselves on the students themselves which of course if there were slightly different ways to be able to assess students performance over time maybe there'd be a slightly different outcome
1: so assessment is seen as a, a pretty fundamental part of the, 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 the general qualification process, isn't it, really? It, it, everyone works towards the assessment goal, the GCSEs, the hires, et cetera. That's, that's what they're, they're there for. You know, do we think that COVID has, has shifted that perce- perception at all?
0: I think it's starting to shift that perception. So one of the things that we've seen in the last 10 years is actually there is... I think more um, terminal assessment now than ever before. So we've moved away over the last 10 years from a model where um, many assessments um, comprise, or many qualifications comprised assessments that were continuous assessment through the delivery of that particular qualification through coursework and potentially end of topic tests, for example, um, the, having those combined with terminal, end of year or end of qualification, kind of the traditional exam hall type setting for a GCSE or an A-level. We've moved very much towards the model where those assessments are all delivered in the exam hall at the end of the two years of your learning. I think what we're going to start seeing now and probably what we're starting seeing already is a lot of people questioning, why don't we look at other ways to deliver assessment going forward? So. Yes, probably there is an argument for some form of terminal assessment on an ongoing basis because you want to be able to determine the level of uh, understanding of a particular subject or particular learning outcomes that learners have at the end of their course delivery in a controlled, invigilated environment that you know the experience that every learner is getting right across the country is exactly the same. But balancing that alongside maybe more formative assessments or more summative assessment that's being done continuously. So potentially more of those end of topic type tests where the students know that they're being assessed and that the score that they achieve or the grade that they achieve on those individual tests will go towards their final qualification and moving the industry towards that kind of approach. I think that's where things are going to go. It's a little bit crystal ball gazing, of course, but. That's the kind of thing that we're starting to see. And it's all about having flexibility and assessment as to what tools have you got to be able to deliver those different types of experiences for learners.
1: Well, You're, you're a strategist, so you're in the perfect place for that kind of crystal ball uh, kind of territory. Um, and it, it's interesting. And there's, so the questions that people raise are, you know, do employers value yeah, the, the 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 qualifications that come mm-hmm. from the the traditional summative process. I'm not. I don't think we're going to answer that one here. But you know, do the value is there more that can be added to that? Um, and I suppose a question I've got is, how do you see the? You, you mentioned continuous summative there, um, and the 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 different approaches that people will kind of the different way in which candidates will view that. So if they if they're doing formative, are you saying that? If they're doing a formative test and they know it's a formative test, they will, they will approach it differently from if they know it's a summative test. Is that is that what you're saying? Potentially, yeah, because I think there's the cultural impact of if you've got students who are sitting,
0: what they see are purely formative assessments, then they're not necessarily stressing about those assessments because that they know that they are potentially there for diagnostic type purposes to enable the teacher to, determine how well the students in their class understand that particular subject and that will guide the next session of teaching, for example, or the next terms worth of teaching. Whereas if the students feel that the formative assessment that they're now sitting is going to count towards their final exam, that's a real cultural shift and it puts more stress on the students. It will make them cram for those exams much more than they would have done. It will completely change the model in which or the way in which those particular assessments are seen. So it's a very, very careful balancing act to Mm -hmm. play between what's a formative assessment, what remains a formative assessment, versus what is actually a continuous summative assessment. And in terms of the questions and the question types, they might be very, very similar things. But for the student to understand culturally, what does this mean for them is absolutely critical. And in terms of success for what does a formative assessment look like versus what does continuous summative assessment look like the ingredients are probably pretty similar Mm. and i think one of the keys is about authenticity of assessment so we've seen over the last year and it's really accelerated over the last year the way in which students are using technology for learning but out of necessity we've now got students sat at home as we're talking now doing assessment or doing teaching and taking part in teaching and learning on their own devices, whether that be a laptop or a tablet or even their mobile phone. But they're doing that learning on an electronic device. They're interacting with tools that weren't necessarily being used in the classroom two years ago, let alone five or ten years ago. And so their expectations, I think what we'll see is that students' expectations in the way that they are assessed going forwards need to be reflected in the technologies and in the assessment models that are being used because suddenly you've got students doing all their teaching and learning certainly for the last year online using devices like laptops so when they're then asked to complete their summative assessment on a piece of paper that's potentially a big step change for them yeah it's not necessarily a step back but it's such a change from what they're doing in their day-to-day educational life that could be a real challenge
1: well, it's, it it's always been seen as being the one of the, the biggest kind of challenges, isn't it, around um, with the current summative model of end of test, general qualifications, you, you almost have to train them to be ready for the paper and pencil test, don't you? And that, that's an additional time that's on top. What you're saying is because they've been exposed to the technology, because they've been exposed to the techniques, then the transition should be a lot more straightforward
0: absolutely
1: what about the i suppose there's always this thing about comparability and digital divide and those kind of things um you yeah, know people always see those as being almost a blocker. i know there have been a few events where people have almost talked about talk about social mobility and they it's almost like people are saying until the last child puts down the pencil we can't all pick up the tablet pick up the computer because it just will not be a comparable experience do you think does that still matter? What's your views on comparability? I think
0: to an extent that does still matter. I think that's a valid concern, but I think there are different ways of looking at that. So for the last 10 years, possibly even longer, we've had a scenario in general qualifications where students, if they've got special requirements, for example, are allowed to use technology to complete an exam. So they can do their handwritten exam instead using word processing software and then have that uh, document printed out at the end of their assessment and maybe they have to sign it but they've actually interacted with that assessment electronically so there have always been or for a long time there have been ways of dealing with exceptions and i think what we'll probably see going forwards is that the exception model changes so yeah. maybe in the future the norm is digital delivery where the, the exception becomes paper for those students who want to or need to for particular accessibility purposes, for example. Mm -hmm. And then the challenge is, how do you ensure the kind of equivalence between the different types of assessment? And I think that's something that we've seen in other industries happen a lot over the last few years so in the work that we and the surpass team have done with uh, vocational and functional skills providers for example and with certification bodies so working with lots of different accountancy qualifications providers and we've seen those industries move from paper delivery to on-screen delivery and maintain the equivalence in difficulty in assessment from year to year and from paper. And so when those industries have gone through transition and they've obviously done a lot of work to make sure, to ensure that the assessments that are being delivered now are authentic and as difficult as the assessments were when they were delivered on paper, three, four, five, six years ago, we've seen that change. And so that learning, that experience is there for general qualifications to look at that and to be able to determine what the best way forward is to move forward. but maintaining that accessibility for all students as you point out kind of yeah. there will be some students who because of the digital divide maybe they don't have computers or they don't have capability to use a computer for accessibility reasons for example but determining an assessment model that can manage across all of those different delivery mechanisms that's absolutely doable using the right technologies in the right way
1: yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right the, so the, the idea of everyone suddenly because it's always been a chance you can't suddenly switch you know, GCSEs English assessment, you know, to digital because this isn't the, the capacity there in the network in terms of computers, is that? Um, why is it then? Do you think it's kind of you mentioned these industries that have made the switch already? Why have they made that switch to digital technologies? What's been the attractive I think,
0: problem? I think to a certain extent they've been less risk averse than the general qualifications market. Yeah. I think obviously the the challenge of general qualifications is potentially a little bit different as well in terms of the volume and the number of assessments that are all being delivered at roughly the same time. But that can also be turned on its head to be an opportunity. So if you start to look at the capabilities of of things that you can do with on-screen online assessment that you can't necessarily do with paper particularly easily. So for example, if you've got a question bank with 100 questions in it on a particular topic or in a particular learning outcome, you can do things like... Dynamically generate the tests Mm. so that different students get different tests and a slightly different test experience, but you determine that test experience based on the metadata around the questions in that question bank, for example, so that you can ensure from a statistical purpose and from an equivalence purpose, every single candidate is receiving a test that in total is as difficult or as easy as every other candidate's test is difficult or easy and testing those different learning outcomes. So you can do things like increasing test security. And so you could potentially have three candidates sat next to each other in a world without COVID, obviously in close proximity, all getting three different versions of the same test and actually 20 different candidates getting 20 different versions of the same test. But taking that model and applying that to the home learning approach for example where you might want to do continuous uh, continuous summative assessment where Mm -hmm. the candidates are interacting with their laptop or their tablet or their mobile to complete those summative type assessments but maybe they are small end of topic tests but taking advantage of the flexibility that digital delivery gets you that could be a real game changer for general qualifications
1: i think uh, you're absolutely right i think what was really interesting though you said about the, the, the kind of continuous bit is the you mentioned about stress do you think by almost breaking it up into across the board it could be less stressful because that's one of the big concerns about traditional examinations is the amount of pressure we put on the candidates do you think it could be less stressful I think
0: it could be potentially, yeah, because I think one of the opportunities that comes out of continuous summative assessment is the fact that the candidate can see how they're doing as they're going through the course. So that if they know that they have not done so well in one particular topic, for example, but they've got strength in another topic, they can focus on that other topic as part of the next part of their course, for example, but they haven't got all of that stress. All in one go in a terminal exam at yeah. the end of
1: the qualification. Yeah, it doesn't come down to that one day, does it? It's that, that's exactly. the big thing, isn't yeah. it? The hay yeah. fever season in the summer, in the hot hall, or something like that, that, that can interfere with them, yeah. or the bad yeah. trip to school. But um, I, I think what's also important in relation to that
0: yeah. is using different types of assessment yeah. through the formative summative assessment experience. So it may be we know that different candidates, different students, interact. Better or worse with different types of examination. Yeah. So, using the flexibility that on-screen assessment can give you in terms of, you could mix and match multiple-choice questions with long-form essay responses, with being able to analyse uh, complex source material, for example, to be able to create a short essay précis of a particular subject, for example, for or,
1: or something like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in terms of the. Um... I suppose one of the, the challenges potentially might be as well is, um, you know, there's different schools teaching different things at different paces. Um, so do you see the model where one school could take a continuous assessment in a particular topic, um, let's say, um, at the start of the year, whereas another school saves up until later on in the year? Would that work as a model?
0: I think potentially it would do, yeah, because I think back to that point about if you've got an item bank with enough questions in it, or a question bank with enough questions in it, then being able to have that test security so that you haven't got one set of students who've sat that particular test, talking to the next group of students who haven't yet sat that test to tell them the answers or tell them the questions they're gonna get in which order, because even if they're getting the same questions, they might be in a different order. But if you've got enough questions in your question bank to ensure that different candidates are receiving different versions of the exam, so they're being taught on what they've learned Uh, So they're being assessed on what they've learned rather than being assessed on these three specific questions. Then you can demonstrate a wider knowledge of your subject potentially as well.
1: So obviously it it takes time to build large item banks. Um, So you couldn't make the switch straight away. So in theory, do you think over a period, let's say five years, you retain the summative examination processes as you build you start to introduce more continuous summative assessment. And Bill, from there, do you think that might be a route to, to I think transition? I think,
0: I, th- I think that's absolutely the route because that, I think, is the, the lowest risk way to yeah. take uh, assessment into more formative continuous summative assessment and be able to use the outcomes from those continuous summative assessments towards a final qualification, but doing it, not in baby steps, but in a controlled manner Mm -hmm. so that maybe you take a particular topic and do a summative assessment after three months on that particular topic, analyse the results from that, check that the results are consistent across different schools in different areas, different geographies, different learning outcomes for the different candidates, studying those particular subjects, and then use that to inform what's the next step and what's the next step. And it might be that in year one, 10% of um, uh, a particular course, for example, might be assessed continuously. Whereas over a five year period, maybe that goes to, who knows, 30, 40, 50%. I still think there is an argument for summative assessment terminal summative assessment i.e., at the end of a particular course of qualification yeah. but mixing that with continue assessment i think that's valuable and that then helps i think as well with situations like we're in today where yeah. if assessment suddenly has to stop you have got some record of summative achievement for the candidates at the point at which it did stop but yeah. by moving to an on-screen delivery model I don't think it necessarily has to be a hard stop if we were to ever have a kind of full lockdown type situation again in the future.
1: Yeah. And I suppose one of the other criticisms of of kind of traditional examinations is that comparative on year on year, isn't it? They always, the press are always out there saying it's easier, it's harder, those kind of things. If you're, doing this continuous assessment and you're maybe seeding in items which have been previously delivered and you've got data from previous cohorts do you think then it'd be easier to defend um the position that you know that the the test is comparable year on year do you think that's a possibility
0: i think it is yeah and i think one of the benefits of on-screen delivery is that you can tweak the assessments potentially more easily than tweaking assessment that's going to be delivered on paper and then you've got to print many hundreds of thousands of pieces of paper and distribute them around the country. Um, You can also react more rapidly. So if you want to change the curriculum, for example, because there's a particular challenge with teaching a particular area of the curriculum because you've got yes. students in your chemistry experiments, for example, it's not the same watching a chemistry experiment on a laptop or a TV screen as it is actually seeing it in person in a laboratory. So maybe you want to, at very short notice, change the way in which a particular module is assessed with yes. different questions or different question types or simulations of, um, uh, experiments that you want the candidate to interact with electronically, on-screen assessment and continuous assessment, assessment gives you the capability and the flexibility to be able to do that. So there's other benefits as well.
1: And I think my kind of final question, I suppose, is around authenticity of the assessment. You know, you've you've touched on it a little bit, but I just want to come back to it slightly. Do you think an on-screen assessment can be authentic? You know, does it would, it? would it carry everything that needs it?
0: Yes, I do. And the reason I can confidently say that is because we've seen that in other assessment industries, other education industries. So outside of general qualifications, the work that we do in the past team with vocational and functional skills providers, with professional certification bodies in medical space, in accountancy space, for example, having authentic assessments is absolutely critical in those different industries. And so being able to have um, simulations, so taking an example of medical, being able to have a simulation of how does the human body react to particular drugs and what does that mean to the body temperature or the white blood cell count, for example, being able to simulate those kind of things and then be able to ask candidate questions about those simulations and how they've interacted with those simulations. Uh, in the accountancy industry, being able to interact with complex spreadsheet question types where the response from the candidate is a combination here might be a combination of a balance sheet and a purchase ledger alongside a long form essay response explaining the health of a particular company for example based on analysis of their balance sheet that is all authentic in the context of it's similar to the skills that you'd be using in the workplace once you've passed that particular qualification or as you're working towards that qualification. So authenticity of assessment is all about the design of the assessment for the application and the knowledge which is designed to be testing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it kind of helps to overcome this challenge. It's always faced around the idea that GCSEs and you know traditional terminal, terminal summative assessments are knowledge recall that you, you forget it's practical stuff isn't it it's it's you know there is knowledge there definitely but there is a practical and it also that then also helps to alleviate some of the concerns around cheating etc because it's not just about knowing the question regurgitating it's about being able to do it isn't it yes
0: absolutely yeah and i think one other point that it's worth making in in terms of the on-screen delivery there's yeah there might be a perception that Um, if you're not sitting an exam in an exam hall with the invigilator walking around who quite frequently is the teacher then it maybe it's not as secure well actually through on-screen delivery you can do remotely invigilated online proctored type assessments where the invigilator or the proctor just happens to be at the other end of the webcam for example but the fact that you're able to see the candidate screen you're able to um, see what they're interacting with on screen you can potentially have a video recording of the candidate taking part in their assessment so from a security point of view it's as secure it's a different type of security but arguably it's as secure and if you combine that with capabilities of on-screen assessment to be able to deliver different questions to different candidates, to maintain the test security as, as well, so that the items or the questions aren't compromised, then taking advantage of all those benefits of on-screen delivery is absolutely key to making this a, a success going forward.
1: Yeah, and it's, it solves all those, you, you mentioned proctoring there, and it does solve all those kind of uh, concerns people have about you know, corruption at test centers and or, let's say, it solves it. it. It reduces that risk. It's all about mitigation of risk in different forms. So just a kind of final question then. We, we'll just back off that crystal ball we, we mentioned. What would you say good will look like in five years' time? I think
0: good in five years' time looks like having a lot more continuous assessment, but having that assessment delivered on screen so that you can take advantage of the flexibility and the security features that are built into on-screen delivery, and I think that then enables students teaching staff the assessment industry generally general qualifications assessment industry to a move to a model whereby there's much more flexibility for the students there's more authenticity to the assessments and potentially maybe there's a reasonable percentage of assessments that aren't being delivered summatively but are being delivered continuously and so having that um almost um It's almost an insurance policy, isn't it? That Mm -hmm. if you get to a point where you can't run those summative assessments in the school hall at the end of the two years for whatever qualification the students are learning, you've got the summative data from how they've performed during their teaching and learning on an ongoing basis. That's got to be good for everyone.
1: Yeah, it'd be perfect for everyone. I think that'd be brilliant. Thank you, Simon. That's been absolutely excellent. I really do appreciate it. It's been a fascinating insight into your brain and your, your strategic view uh, for, for Surpass. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, thank you for speaking Thank you, Tim. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another
1: podcast soon. Thank you for listening.